What is happening, Swanky fam? Welcome back to the Swanky Disc Golf Show. I'm your host, Reed. Today, I've got Luke and Josiah with me. As always, we're going to be talking a few different things. But first, we're going to talk about the OTB Open. Just went down, just finished up today as of recording. Uh, We had Paige Pierce take it down with a great event she really dominated the field actually four strokes between her and own she finished at 25 under and then we had emerson keith taking down his first win of the year his first win in a while actually um with 23 under par over gannon burr so guys let's just talk initial thoughts josiah i'm gonna send it over to you how'd you feel about the event um it was a lot of fun to watch a lot of back and forth the lead card changing pretty much every day i know it's only a three-round tournament so it really only changes twice but um it was a lot of back and forth on at least the mpo side uh fbo is kind of you know a one horse race from the beginning um so but it was super nice to see Paige come out with a win uh you know she took a break and came back looking super strong um and yeah it was just a really fun tournament to watch at least for me yeah, I liked um, seeing the scores not being absolutely like out of their mind blazing. I like sort of more challenging courses. So it was fun to see, you know, 23 down, winning it by a couple of strokes. Huge shout out to Emerson Keith. Is this the first Lone Star Pro Tour win? Anybody know? It's got to like, be, right? I think I think it could be the first. I don't think any FPO. Oh. No. Cyananda is not Lone Star sponsored, correct? I don't think so. <laughs> it, <laughs> but now I'm second guessing myself. Now, I am too. Everyone's and Lone Star sponsored. Robert so. Burridge did not win. He lost that playoff to Simon, and I don't think he, but he wasn't even. Sponsored by he, he wasn't Lone Star sponsored time, then. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that wouldn't have even been one. So I think it is. Yeah. I think you're spot on. We'll call it Stat Mando, first Lone Star sponsored player ever <laughs> to win a pro okay, tour well, event. Okay, well that's oh, okay, yeah. I'm glad you clarified pro tour event cuz they have exactly 1 million amateurs sponsors. <laughs> yeah, so no, well, that's they what are saying. racking and up Chandler the wins Kramer, all across America. <laughs> did he win something in Europe or did he just come in uh, he placed well? I think he just placed no, well yeah. at both European oh, events. Oh yeah, cuz I think year. Eric Oakley won the one won the one. I can't remember which event was which, but last year Chan- it came down to the wire. I think between Chandler Kramer and Eric Oakley. Do you guys remember that? No. that the Sula? That was that Silver up. Series, right? I think that did was he Sula. win that? No, Eric no, no. Oakley. Sula. Yeah. Sula was Eric Oakley won something. <laughs> okay, which one was the other one? Thing Barsby? I remember. Yes, or maybe I do I'm thinking Barsby. Barsby. And Eric Oakley was just on the card with them or something. I think you're I thinking of Barsby. They're both overhand or forehand <laughs> fiends. Yeah. Little forehand yes. action. But Kramer Which is, is most funny. notable. He was like he came in like third at European last year. Yes, so. yeah. Throwing literally intentional forehand flip over rollers like a maniac. I'm just saying you watched up. the live coverage. Did he whip that out at all? <laughs> I mean, Every shot is forehand from him. I mean, you only really see him putt with the backhand, and everything else is a forehand. So, uh, but I didn't see any forehand rollers, unfortunately. No, um, but I may have missed it. There are a couple really big roller holes on the course, but I didn't see any from him. But I imagine that he he had a couple. Yeah, I don't know why I thought Eric Oakley was doing something. He did come in 
What's it? Oh, yeah, he was 16th at the Sula Open. I think he was doing well down the stretch or something. I just feel like I remember seeing him a bunch. Um, you let must me just be see. thinking I feel of like the late, if... the great Greg Barsby. <laughs> the late, great. <laughs> He's still great. Not late like that. I just that. want to see really quick if Chandler <laughs> Kramer has won something because he's the only other person I could think from Lone Star that would have. I don't. He's definitely not won a pro tour. Nothing on the yeah, pro nothing tour. Nothing on the no, And I just went. I just went back to all 2023 events this year, and there are no other Lone Star winners. On there the pro you have tour, it. At least so. <laughs> a long way to say it, but yes. Yes. <laughs> he was the first Lone Star guy. Uh, and also, yeah, it's been a while for Emerson Keith. I feel like he he's played a little bit inconsistently as of late, but this is really cool to see. I think he's an awesome person, super fun, <laughs> fun to see him. Uh, and yeah, Paige Pierce kind of popped off. We didn't see Kristen Tatar out there, so there's a little, you know, it's kind of like a Knight's Tale when um, <laughs> when uh, <laughs> what's his face is over, you know, fighting fighting in the war and. Uh, Freaking yeah, that's that's the. I'm, eager, I'm eagerly <laughs> awaiting the conclusion of this a Knight's Tale analogy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about when he's like, oh, what's his name, Lichtenstein Ulwick. He's like flipping through the papers, seeing who won all the tournaments. Cause yes, he's I do know what you're talking about. He's like Ulwick, Ulwick, Ulwick. <laughs> and then, what yeah. a reference! So actually, legendary. Kristen Tatar is not there, and she's probably gonna see Paige Pierce win all of the events that she's not at, and she's gonna be like, ah. I gotta get back there, <laughs> dude. That's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, no, great weekend. I didn't really. I also had. I had a few graduations at that time of the year. My little sister graduated. Went to another graduation. Was sort of running all over the place this weekend. Didn't have a lot of time to watch. But it seemed like a thrilling ride. Shout out also to the vlog squad boys, uh, Gannon and Isaac and Alden. All did super well. Uh, Gannon came in second, Isaac T3, Alden T14. That's like super solid out of those guys. So that's cool to see. Solid performance from the young prodigy gang. Uh, we got to talk prodigies. about Emerson Keith a little bit. I mean, it. you might look at it like, oh, Emerson won and Paige won. Is it Worlds? Because I feel like Emerson <laughs> yeah. always pops off at Worlds. I mean, he did definitely uh, two years ago at the Fort, and he was definitely uh, all over the coverage in 2019, yeah. So I don't know where he was at uh, when we were at the Country Club last year, but and maybe he was just saving it all for OTB Open 2023, because here he is, and he hasn't won a Pro Tour event in quite some time, if ever. Josie, you got a fact check for me on that one? I don't know if... I mean, I've, he's I'm scrolling got, through his wins right one. now, actually. And I've I'm gone not back to seeing... 2020. I'm back in and... 2018. And well, I don't okay, see a if he hadn't win. won one before 2019, because he was... I remember the conversation around him at Worlds at 2019, and he had never won one. This was like his first time on lead cards in 2019. Unless career wins yeah. is weird or something, I don't see it's... anything above so... a B-tier win. I see yeah, Mid America Open his first pro tour. in 2019. He won was his only eight his only A tier win. Oh, Let's 2019 Ponca City over the yeah, hump. Finally, I feel like we have seen him on a lot of lead cards, especially at Worlds, which is hilarious. And then now over the line, wow, my dude has won, won so Texas many C and B tiers. MA one in 2016. That does not count. <laughs> it does not count. But other than that, he has like a couple A tier wins. Crush at the Concho, I think, uh, 2020. 
Um, and yeah, other than that, this is definitely his first MPO win for sure. So yeah, props. Kudos to Emerson. Yeah, shout so, out. I mean, he yeah. did it in spite of a nearly flawless back nine from Gannon Burr from fourth card shot yeah, seven ridiculous. under but he birdied eight holes on the back nine and just bogeyed 18 probably going a little bit too hard to try to catch the w but respect it uh, <laughs> and we can and juxtaposition then... that to aaron gossage's absolutely insane crash and burn on the back nine <laughs> yes i was just about to say if you just count up his bogey strokes and give him back he could have parred out the back nine and tied emerson keith for the win Wow. All he had to do was par out the back nine, but he lost five strokes in yeah, bogeys. Yeah, shot five over on the back nine in three holes. gave it all up. That is devastating from the goose. Dang, that means, that means going into hole 13, he still had the lead over Emerson. Crazy. Yeah, and ended up losing by five. He had the lead by two over Emerson going into hole 13. And then lost by five. Yeah. I mean, Emerson did not have an electric back nine. He shot two under on the back. No. Yeah. And that's, and that's, what's crazy about it. But I mean, I mean, when you play that consistently in the end and you're not giving up strokes, then I mean, that's, that's what will do it. So, yep. But it was really fun to watch. I do want to say, so I had a lot of traveling this weekend and I figured out something that I think had been subconsciously bugging me about the commentary. So because I did watch a lot of at least the first and second rounds, but I watched them a lot in my car. So while I was driving and I well, that's dangerous. realized you yeah, well I didn't watch it, but I was mostly <laughs> listening to it and that's where I realized they don't use a lot of specific names when they're talking about shots. There was like twice where somebody said, "Oh, he threw out of bounds." And I'm like, "Who is he?" And the last person that was on the screen was, like, Isaac Robinson. And I look over, and it's Gannon Burr. And I'm like, oh, they're talking about a whole different person than what I thought they were. And when you listen to them, sometimes they just don't use specific names. And they'll just use, uh, you know, pronouns. And I don't know who they're talking about um, sometimes. And so I feel like something that could probably improve is just making sure they're just consistent with using names and mm. especially because sometimes they use first names and last names and nicknames and i think that's just all over place and who was commentating was, during this time uh nate dawson terry well yeah i'm just gonna chalk that up to bad bad commentators well, yeah <laughs> but i'm just saying like that's something just, that's yeah. very easy to fix like that's <laughs> that could be something that would just be a really simple thing at least for me I mean, if you make it to a point, I mean, I'm sure all commentaries for all major sports have to do it for people that are listening on the radio, too. That's um, true. Uh, but so I feel like, like they're just... part of that is also the fact that they're watching in a booth from a different state and they're on right. a delay and they probably don't even know who threw it. They're like, oh, that went out of bounds. But, but <laughs> no, no, no. They're talking about someone as they actually okay. throw it because it'll like switch over and they say, oh, he just threw out of bounds as Ganber's throwing. And I'm like, who's he? Like, I don't know who he is. And then I have to look over and I'm like, okay, it's Ganber. It's because when we um, have Nate and Terry, we don't have a play by play. We got two people doing color right. commentary and nobody's doing the yeah. play by play. No <laughs> one's do, getting the, the, the dirty work done. Brian Earhart, yeah. brought, where is my man <laughs> Brian in the booth? Does the yeah. dirty We're just going to have a weekly segment to... where we complain about 
<laughs> the commentators until we, we, get, like, we, we need a segment called Birdie, Bogey, or Bearheart. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 we need Brian Earhart, yeah. get him in the booth. I mean, he is so professional I, about saying last names. Exactly what you're talking about, Josiah. He's always right, like referring right. to the players. And that's why I'm like, is if it was just consistent in that regards, where it's like, hey, every time we always use the last name, and every time we talk about somebody's shot, we're saying, oh, Burr threw out of bounds, or like, Robinson up to T right now, like taking his third shot, or or something like that, and just saying, all right, and here's the putt for Birdie, and it's like, who's putting for Birdie on what hole, you know, um, like when you switch to that, like I I felt like that would have just helped, um, you know, just to make my driving a little bit less dangerous. Well, yeah, they're um, also but... not thinking that people are like not watching and listening, right? <laughs> and th- and that's fair, but I'm just saying yeah. I think that would just help the overall commentary yeah. as in general if there's not that confusion. I I agree, um, and a lot of the a lot of the so... shots from DGN are like not focused on a player rather focused on a disc there's a lot of dgn coverage time when there's no player even on in the shot and so to have a referenced player audibly does help the viewing experience i think and That's true. and and one more promotion for my man brian <laughs> Earhart is that like he he is as much in the scene as doss Ontario is former professional knows every single person on the field as a friend but still manages to refer to them by their last name very professionally on coverage. And that's just, we don't have that. We do not have a professional play-by-play commentator. We just have a bunch of guys that know how to do color because they have been in the scene. We got like 20 color commentators and not a single play-by-play. So that is um, frustrating. Another, <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, another quick thing that I did notice also um, is there was an ad for Jomez on the Disc Golf Network, um, which I've never seen before. And I thought that was really, one, cool, but two, it was quick turnaround from, you know, their acquisition that they're already doing an ad for Jomez. But they're doing a giveaway to a Patreon on Jomez to win a trip for two to Worlds this year. Oh, I saw that. I did that. see that. I think they announced Patreon. that, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I just saw it, and I took a photo of it because I was like, one, that's brilliant, but two, you could tell if the talk was that their Patreon count was down, that was a really easy ad to be like, hey, go and be a Patreon on Jomez, and, you know, because they're owned by the same person now, it's just a free advertisement. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, wow, that's a really quick turnaround to finding ways to get some, some revenue back in, into the business, so... I yeah. thought that was cool. Well, I, I liked it. I wasn't mad about it at all. I'm wondering what the acquisition deal looks like, if it does look like all of their Patreon, basically all Jomez money goes to the Pro Tour. And then well, they they're own just, it, so. Well, yes. But you have <laughs> directors, operators, owner like yeah. Disney owns Marvel. Somebody kind of still owns Marvel and makes money from Marvel. Jomez, so Jonathan Gomez... Is he just? He might just be like paid salary at this point, and he does have a stake in. Yeah. I think the overall. I don't know if it's just the Jomez company stake or if it's he owns a stake. I think he owns a stake in the the network as well, or something like that. Interesting, uh, if I remember correctly. But, um, but I do know he has at least some equity in in the company. Yeah, I'm just curious as to where all of the, yeah, Patreon money goes now. That'd be cool but very i liked it didn't hate it at all so yeah very good 
let's move on. Something that Luke mentioned as we were warming up for this podcast was the names down at the bottom of the list. And I just wanted to talk <laughs> about this in, in conjunction as well with a discussion briefly about the course. And Josiah can probably shed some light on this. But uh, below Missing Cash... We had some very notable names, including reigning champion, defending champion of the event, Simon Lazat. We had Eagle McMahon, Chris Clemens, Kevin Jones, Ezra Aderhold, all missing cash. Some names you would definitely expect to maybe see at least towards the top, if not in contention. Josiah, let me ask you this first. Is it something to do with the course, or did all these players just play poorly? Was this course playing into their hands a little bit? So, I don't think so. I think a part of it is a lot of them just played poorly. But there hasn't been enough notable changes from last year that I think would affect play that much. And so that's why I don't think it was immediately, oh, it's, you know, the course changed drastically. Um, but I do think it's funny that I didn't notice this until you just said it, but you listed off a whole bunch of people that are known for bombing shots. Right. Exactly. And on top of that, this course has been known for being a bomber's course um, in the past, or at least when it first came out a couple years ago. And so I just, I'm now noticing that I think that's even a little bit more odd, but I guess that almost makes me like the course changes more because there's so much stroke separation on any given hole. Um, you know, there's no gimme holes. There's no, like, oh, hey, if I birdie, I'm definitely gaining a stroke, or if I par, I'm, I'm definitely losing a stroke. It's on, on almost any hole, you know, you can, you can still bogey. I mean, Emerson Keith still didn't have a clean card. I don't think anybody in the top ten had a clean card. Um, on the last day so um, it's I just thought that was really unique so yeah it's interesting one thing that I'm seeing across these names down at the bottom at least final round is the back nine is really interesting it seems to be a place that a player can easily stall I mean Simon shot one over on the back today but four under on the round Eagle shot four over on the back even on the round uh Chris Clemens shot one over on the back. Kevin Jones shot two over on the back. I mean, it, it, it seems like the back nine was really difficult or a place at least where players could easily stall out and start taking a par streak, catch some bogeys, which makes Gannon's back nine just so ridiculously impressive to me, even as someone that only watched like pre-tournament coverage. I only watched practice rounds of this event. I have not had a chance to watch any coverage yet, so... It's just fascinating. Well, it, it's funny you say that because Gannon went two over on the back nine yesterday. And he went two over on the back nine yesterday with four birdies. Whoa. Still. Yeah. So he had four birdies, two bogeys, and then he had a quad bogey on one hole yesterday. Oh, that's and weird. that effectively, yeah, and that effectively is what took him out of the tournament was that quad bogey, but nobody thought. So he only finished one under on the round yesterday. Um, because of that, but like, that's why like those last three holes I think make this course so much fun to watch because it really brings you to the end of the tournament. And if it's close, you still have no idea who's gonna win until you're you're putting at that point. Um, and even then, you may not know. Uh, and 
it wasn't as close, I think, as I was expected, because by the time Gannon was done, you know, um, Emerson was just, you know, trying to not stall out and fall apart, and I think that's, in reality, what allowed him to win is because he knew he didn't have to play aggressive at all, and he could probably play a lot of the safer shots, and I think that helped him in the end, but this back nine is a tough back nine for a lot of these, and, and you see a lot of big like swings as far as scores go yeah i'm loving it man I'm, i yeah. I love a good a good tough back nine all right luke i got one for you i know you didn't watch the tournament but your boy <laughs> i don't know if he's your boy can i call him your boy cole rodolin finishing the t3 what yeah is this guy on the man. breakout i mean if only he could have done that at champions cup when i predicted he was gonna do well <laughs> <laughs> if only he could have done t3 instead of t63 wah, wah, wah. thanks for the cd one uh, yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah i will do a little, little big deal small deal no deal a little birdie bogey par <laughs> on cole radolin and his second third place finish of the year um i mean actually we're gonna transition it into a send it or end it cole radolin places top five two more times on the pro tour this year send or end luke Top five. Top five is pretty hard to accomplish these days. How many events are left? That's the question. We're, I mean, we're probably not Europe? even. That's are we halfway question. through the tournaments already? I don't are we think talking, so. I don't I think th- probably, are we talking probably elite series or silver and elite? Yeah. Elite. Elite, elite, elite. Elite only. Elite. Ooh, that's uh, Two more times. Two more times. He's already I'm done it twice with an 11th say, as well. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, Yep, I think I'm going to end it and say he'll finish top five maybe one more time, uh, but probably also get some Silver Series action in there if he's registered for any. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, he's kind of popping off, maybe lacking a little bit of consistency, but this year I feel like is his, his breakout year. We see that with a lot of young young guys. They have like a really solid year, and then the next year they actually like get a win and or – uh, come in top five like just over and over and over again um i don't know at this rate it looks like he could p- possibly qualify for the pro tour championship that would be cool i feel like that should be maybe a big focus for him um but i don't know pro tour championships going to be harder and harder to qualify for Absolutely. which is that what is it 36 32 36 i think it was 36 spots. last year there was like a little play yeah in. And then, but the, the reason I ask too, and I'm going to send it over to you in a second, Josiah, to answer the same question, but I know you're probably going to end it, but uh, his mm-hmm. numbers are reminding me of Isaac last year before his Idlewild win, because he was, mm-hmm. flirting, true. he was flirting with wins at Waco. He flirted with a win at Portland. He got a top five and a top three, but he was also bombing out at a few events. He got 45th somewhere. He got 36th at the Beaver State Fling. So he got 16th at the Preserve. Like he was showing that he had the potential. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he broke out with the W. And he, ne- he really never went away after that. And he's obviously still here. That's true. So it's, it's funny. Just- I'm looking at UDISC, looking at just the. Uh- standings for the tournament and i'm looking at cole radolin scored and right under him is an advertisement for a prodigy that has a big picture of isaac robinson on it so that's funny <laughs> he's reminding uh, me of isaac for some reason i can't but yeah on <laughs> i can't quite place it but yeah i do I, f- I think they mentioned it during champions cup that he kind of has a like 
uh, leave it all out there play style right now. Like he's just full set. I, and I don't know because I've only seen the lead card coverage he's on and he seems pretty controlled there. But they said, like, based on some of his scores, it looks like he's just full sending absolutely everything. So when it clicks, like, I think it will be kind of similar to an Isaac Robinson thing where he's going to, one like, one tournament, it's going to happen. Everything's going to click, and he's going to win, and it's going to be by, like, several strokes. And he's going to look absolutely insane because he's he's not playing for second at all. <laughs> I feel like that's what a lot of these young – there's so many young guys doing that now because that's kind of what, like, you have to have 100% C1X pretty much or close to it to win. So everybody is full sending it. <laughs> and it just is a matter of who's going to make it all click that week. So I feel like I could see him having a having a breakout tournament and maybe even catching a, a win. Yeah, it's just funny that we say a lot of times now, like, it's going to take you putting together the perfect event to win on the Pro Tour now. And sometimes that's the case. Like at Champions Cup, it would have taken someone else's perfect round and not just anybody's, but maybe one of the top five guys having a perfect round to beat Isaac. Maybe nobody's doing it, you know, Uh, and the same thing with his Idlewild win last year. But this tournament felt like it was kind of there for the taking. I mean, Aaron Gossage definitely let it slip through. So there was opportunities. There are opportunities for guys like Cole that don't even need to put it all together. They just got to put some of it together at the right time, you know? So I, uh, Josiah, you've got to send it or end it officially before I send it or end it. (laughs) Um, I honestly, if you had said, is he going to make top five or will he win an event? Like top five twice, or really win an event. I'd say those are pretty equal. <laughs> like, yeah, like that's decision. what I was thinking. But, um, I like statistically, I would have to say end it. Like, just purely based on statistics, because the only person who's consistently placing anywhere close to top five every tournament is Calvin. Um, maybe Gannon, but yeah, I was gonna say Gannon and Isaac as of late. But other than that. Like, nobody else is consistently coming pretty close, I don't think. So, well, except for maybe James Proctor, I feel like, has been doing that. But either way, he like, be- besides that, yeah. like, um, <laughs> I just don't think, like, you're right, Cole is very much a, a send it, and when he's clicking, he's clicking. And I think that's just what it's going to take. And I just think he's all over the place as far as standings go so i just don't think he'll he'll be able to pull out two more top fives i hear those i hear those things i hear your statistics <laughs> and i i'm gonna just go ahead and just send it in the face of statistics because and for some of the similar reasons that you're saying like not a lot of people have been super consistent on tour this year and i think that's kind of the point here with cole is that there's not a lot of people that are consistently up there at the top and when he's playing his best he's fighting with those guys for the win and so i think that sure he's going to take a couple more 40ths but i think he's also going to take a couple more top 5 so i'm going to send yeah, it fair enough. that's a good take that's a good take and uh and so yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting when I win that one. Um, okay, moving on to another send it or end it. We're gonna keep moving forward here, and we're gonna move into the FPO division. Let's talk about Paige. She gets a win, but Kristen wasn't there, so it feels empty. We know it feels empty. It's, it can't feel like an actual win, <laughs> right? Uh, so let's do a quick send it or end it. Paige will beat 
will win an event with Kristen <laughs> in the field this year. Not will beat her ever, but will win an event while Kristen is in the field. Josiah, you go first. Ah, uh, that's tough. I'm gonna go end it. I don't. I don't think Paige will win an event. I mean, unless she really like the only chance I think she has is the very next tournament that she plays with Kristen in it, and that's about it. And if she doesn't win that one, then she's definitely not. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't like Kristen is just too consistent over the last, you know, two years, like, looking back. And Paige has just been really inconsistent this year. And Paige was also really inconsistent last year. And that's why last year people were kind of in an uproar when Paige won Player of the Year. And it's like, yeah, she had a lot of wins and things like that. But Christian was just consistent. And I think that's the difference. So I don't think Paige will win an event that Kristen is at. Interesting. Luke? Uh, I think I'm going to send it literally just because there. <laughs> I think that every event from here on out is going to be won by either Paige or Kristen. <laughs> so it's like, Dang, oh, that's no. a take. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. Obviously, somebody's going to sneak in there. But them two, like, I don't know. This show's... I've, Paige Pierce has been less consistent as of late, which we've talked about. It seems like she doesn't care as much, but when she is healthy and feeling good, it's kind of it doesn't seem it still seems like nobody else on the FPO side of things is going to be able to keep up with her or Kristen. Uh, I know Owen Scoggins and Holland Hanley, Haley King, like there's some good looks there. Cap merch with that win, but I feel like that's not going to happen consistently i feel like pretty consistently on any given week even with pages inconsistency they're like it's 50 not 50 50 it's like 80 20 or 70 30 page pierce or kristen tatar and then everybody else is at like a decimal point percentage <laughs> of winning uh notably though pretty much no europeans were in this event i don't know why i'm seeing two people um, that I don't really know. Anakin, that's cool. Anakin Steen. <laughs> Anakin, probably, Dude, or something like that. I that name. I think it is Anakin. <laughs> Anakin, that's Anakin. awesome. And then like, like Lawrence, well, likey, fine, Lee, Josiah, like, fine. I apologize for not knowing how to pronounce their names, but we're missing... I know her uh, nickname is Lucky. That's what most of the FPL players <laughs> lucky, lucky, that's funny. We're missing a lot of the Europeans, so I think that also played a part in it, because the Europeans make a big deal in the in the FPO side. Yeah, definitely. I mean, is it just because it's West Coast? Like, Josiah, I know you mentioned in your answer that, that if far Paige away. doesn't win the next one, she's not going to win one. And did you mean because of momentum, or did you mean because you know what their next matchup is? Uh, because of momentum. Okay. Like, because, I was wondering because, if you were like, Portland Open is Paige's chance. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, because Paige took a break, came back super strong, and is ha like has a win with momentum... And then Kristen has essentially been gone from playing tournaments for a short period of time. When she does come back, if Paige doesn't keep the momentum and win that tournament and Kristen wins, I think I don't think Paige is just gonna catch back up. It's gonna be like I just oh, also back think to normal, that Paige you know? I think Paige is also always going to be in the conversation at Worlds, uh, if she gets sure. off to like a good start. She's like she's got the Paul McBeth factor, like she wants to win worlds 
just as much as any other person <laughs> in the world. So I don't know. I think she always has a shot at worlds, even even with Christian dominating the way yeah. she is. But Portland yeah. is the next one that they're both registered for, by the way. Okay, glad Kristen's coming back for that one because that one's going to be an excellent, obviously a four-round event, Elite Series Plus, so looking forward to that one. I am going to send it. I agree with Luke, but I do think, I mean, I think we'll see probably at least one more event where one of these guys does not win. Um, It is hard for me to ignore the fact that the inconsistencies in FPO are just off the charts and Kristen will dominate a lot of events and Paige is going to probably just find one more you know where she it's just her weekend I don't know what to say I, I I really don't know how to quantify it because Paige her golf doesn't make any sense to me at events where she should be playing well she's not at events where we're like oh this is probably somebody else's week she's hurt you know whatever she pops off and wins by a lot like I just don't really understand it and I'm going to quit trying. I'm going to go ahead and send it and say Paige is probably going to win one more on Kristen in some weird, matter-of-fact, roundabout, maybe worlds kind of way. All right. That's it for that one. We got one more senator in it. Speaking of the sixth time, Paul Macbeth, Luke brought him up, so it counts as speaking of. Uh, we're going to talk about Paul's adventure in Europe. He is... Obviously, he's he's left the tour. He wasn't at OTB. He's gone to Europe. He's going to play a ton of events over there. I want to say the number is eight. Is he playing eight total events over there? Um, I'm not sure. Seven, we, I don't know. We'd have to look at his schedule, but it doesn't really matter because the senator ended is Paul will win all of his events in Europe. Uh, Luke, let me know what you think. <laughs> I'm going to say end it just because eight in a row is ridiculous and i feel like he's got to have a bad week or cut his finger open or something one of those weeks and somebody else me, is gonna play out of their mind be cut open <laughs> yeah pretty much i'm looking at his i don't see which event he's playing next i do see that he won a c tier so that's kind of savage but next event is called skeleftia what an awesome name dude i wish i i wish <laughs> wait, i wait, could wait. go to norway i might be wrong maybe it's crookle Crocal better is be the most beautiful event. course in the freaking world. Yeah, we need to get over there. Uh oh, it's Konopiste. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is next event. Wait, nice. I'm looking at PDGA and I see Estonian Open 2023. Yeah, and it, it, okay, so his next his next pro tour. Okay, qualify like event. Okay, okay, Konopiste. okay, okay. So he may be playing in some other events up until the European yeah, tour. Yeah, like he has Estonian Open, the Pro Forester, one that I'm not even going to try and pronounce. That's then Kono the Krokol Open. The um, one you didn't pronounce oh, yeah. is Kono Piste. Kono Piste. <laughs> Piste. Swedish Open. That looks like a lot of fun. Presented by Casaplast. That's lit. I can answer your question, though. I'm going to end it purely because I don't think he wins both. Uh, yeah, are uh, we also PTS talking the European Open? Okay, well, I'm not including so. the ones where the whole field is going to be there. I'm just talking about the ones where... Okay. Yeah, so he plays eight total events. It looks like six will be a majority European field. And then the PCS I think he could win and the European six. Open. Of, okay, of of those six, yes, I would send it. <laughs> I think he, he wins all six of those. 
Okay. Why do we all know what the Konopish Day Open is? Is that just general knowledge and I'm left it out? Used to be it used to be popular. a big deal because they would alternate every other year Konopish Day and European Open. European Open. Ah. Yeah. Now they don't do that anymore. And no one plays the Konopish Day anymore. Were you I guys guess. even yep. playing disc golf when that happened? Like what? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> See, what had happened was, Luke, is we got into disc golf and Josiah and I both dug into Jomez archives like we were freaking <laughs> Jedi's looking for answers on the Sith. Like we were <laughs> like, studying that stuff. Uh, <laughs> looking for Camino. We were taking notes. Yeah. I mean, I even know about the great Kono Day moments, like Simon's <laughs> throw in on seventeen at Kono Day. Like I know it, yeah, I shouldn't. Funny. I shouldn't know about it, but I do. So here we are. Um I'm gonna send it because I do think this, and I, but I mean, we're we're out here saying he's gonna win events like this, and he's shown us nothing on the pro tour so far. So I'm kind of like, I'm just still mid mid season trusting that Paul is gonna show up somehow. I mean, yeah, I'm just I'm gonna, gonna say it, his his win at Throw Down the Mountain was probably like a much more difficult win than he's gonna get at some of these. European tour events, maybe not. Could be wrong, but I, mean, I also I think most of the European tours best players are also going to be playing on the pro tour, so that's a factor. Well, okay, so we do have to look at Kono Piste has <laughs> Nicholas <laughs> Antila and Jakub ah. Semerad both in the field, so that's something to check out. Let's look at Krokel. Yeah. I imagine they're both going to be there for that as well. Also, Nate Perkins. Don't forget about him. Oh, Scott yeah. Stokely, sneaky Nate Perkins. Uh, I mean, the Krokel <laughs> Open is going to have Bradley Scott's, Williams they also have and Jakub Simarad. So that's, I mean, they're they're not completely uh, devoid of other high-level talent, but it's definitely looking bare, and he's going to be the highest-rated player at all those events, as if ratings mattered, I know. But <laughs> I'm still going to send it. I think he's going to win them all. If he doesn't, he has some reflection to do, I think. <laughs> he's gonna go sit I think in the he's corner. not going to win Kona what, if, what if he only wins <laughs> 5 out of 6 does he still have depends on the one he loses doesn't it <laughs> that's true depends if, on he who loses, he loses how bad. if he loses to Antela at the Kono Piste then I think we can let that one slide but I'm still going to be upset about it fair enough Anyway, that's going to be our show today thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode Again, if you are just tuning in for the first time, go check out all our previous episodes. And if you're finding us on Spotify somehow, go check us out on YouTube. There's a lot more going on at Swanky Disc Golf on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere else. We're hanging out. And we will see you next week. You will hear us next week. Thank you so much. Uh, And yeah, stay swanky.